everyone. Welcome to Loving This Life podcast, hosted by yours truly, Abby Hillis, founder of ACH Events and co-founder of The Twelfth Woman, an advocacy group fighting for sexual assault survivors. This podcast is about loving the life that you live and 100% owning it and being happy with it. Each episode will include a guest or thoughts to help bring your dreams to reality, understand true commitment in life, and help turn some of your darkest days into the brightest years. So grab some coffee, some wine, or whatever tickles your fancy, and join me on this adventure of finding happiness and taking charge. We're back for another episode, episode four, and my lovely guest today, we have Molly. She is the owner of 10th Collections, which is a curated furniture rental company, and she's a mama. We're going to talk about mom things, life, and how we've adjusted, and we continue to have to keep adjusting being a mom, and how we support others and that type of stuff. So welcome, Molly. Thank you. <laughs> this is so exciting. <laughs> We've had some drinks. <laughs> we had some drinks. We did have some drinks, or five. Actually, I should start the episode off with this delicious drink that we concocted tonight. So my mother makes uh, this delicious cranberry tea. In the cranberry tea, she does boiled cranberries and then cloves and cinnamon and then some orange juice and some sugar, and Molly and I put a little twist on it and put some <laughs> deep eddy lemon vodka in it, and it was delicious. But yeah, you know, this is a little bit of a change from the last episode, so we, we'll talk about some serious things, but there's probably going to be a little bit more giggles going on and just kind of, you know, some really organic, fun mommy conversation, yes. which I'm excited about. Yeah. So a little bit about Molly. I'm going to do a little introduction and then I'm going to let her kind of tell you guys a little bit more about herself. But she has an eight-month-old, mm-hmm. eight-month-old Lucy. She's adorable. She's going to be KJ's future wife one day. Her and her uh, husband, Lewis, own 10th Collection. And they they basically rent out modern furniture for events and, uh, you know, whether it's weddings or corporate companies. So we met through the event industry and have become very close friends from that. I don't know. What what else? I'll let you kind of take it from there. So Lewis and I, obviously, as Abby said, own 10th Collection Event Rentals. We started 10th Collection... I like to say we started on our honeymoon, officially. Really? <laughs> as we were doing, the, we, we got married in Nashville, so as we were going through the planning process, we chose a venue that, of course, didn't have any furniture, which in Austin, that's rare. In Nashville, I guess that's very common. Mm. And so the event rental company that we worked with, we were super inspired by. They had beautiful furniture selections, and it was our style, and we thought if we had gotten married in Austin, what would we have used for our wedding? Huh. And we couldn't really think of anything that fit our vibe. And so from that, we decided to start 10th. And we started brainstorming about it. And then officially on our honeymoon is when we really decided to go for it. And we started our Instagram and we started business planning. And from there, 
it just kind of came to fruition. So March and April are big months for us. We got married April 1st. We started our business on our honeymoon. You got married on April Fool's. We did. (laughs) And we had no jokes at our wedding. (laughs) Everyone is expecting some sort of April Fool's joke. That did not happen. (laughs) Yeah, something outrageous. Yes. That's funny. And then, of course, Lucy was born in March. So those are special months for us. But when we started the business, we... Came back to Austin. We were super pumped. It was very serendipitous because we were looking for a place. We felt like if we have, you know, a physical place we can call our own, that will kind of be the way we show the world we're serious about this business. Yeah. And around that same time, a venue in Hutto had promoted a space next door to them, um, and they were looking for a tenant for it. And so we went to go visit the space, and our vibe really matched that venue's. And so we kind of felt like it was, you know, a really good start to our business. And Hutto was a good move for us. The real estate was very affordable. It's not going to be (laughs) for much longer, but at the time it was. And so we ended up purchasing that space, remodeling it, and it's a beautiful building and has lots of history to it. It's that- an awesome, awesome space. It's actually where we had the launch party, side note, yeah. and it's freaking awesome. I love that space. Yes. It's so peaceful. It is peaceful, and it has a lot of history to yes. it. It was built um, in 1890-something. It I wasn't even remember. the 1900s. I thought it was no, the 1900s. Wow. No, And it, you know, it was a former grocery store and a former cabinet shop, and it just has a lot of history to it, and it's really, it's a cool space. Um, a lot of natural light. That was kind of us staking claim to we have this business and we actually have like a physical spot you can go to yeah and from there I feel like 10th collection has really steadily grown and taken off Lewis and I both do it full-time while having our precious little baby it's incredible Um, I think that's so cool (laughs) it's a lot but we're doing it um and we love the business and it's been a lot of fun and it's been Harder work than we could have ever imagined when we first started it. Mm-hmm. I think we were very naive to, like, what actually goes into event rentals. But we've learned, and we're growing, and... And y'all also, in a really unique way, grow by <laughs> what Lewis builds. Yeah, Which I don't think people know about no. that. So, another reason we started the business... Well, we knew we wanted to work together. That was... That's so cool. We've always kind of thought like if you aren't working for yourself you're making someone else rich right you're spending all your time working for someone else and we didn't want that like we wanted to control our own life and we wanted to control um how our life grew yeah and I felt like I felt a lot of anxiety in the workplace like even if my my job was going well and everything was great like it was always in the back of my head like this could end at any moment, and mm-hmm. then what? And, like, yes, the same thing for owning your own business, but you have more control over yep. your destiny. So that yep. was a big reason why we wanted to get started. But back to the woodworking note, Lewis also started dabbling in carpentry. And it is incredible at it. Yes, he loves it. And he builds all of our farm tables. He builds mobile bars. and He just did a custom coffee table. So he takes on a lot of fabrication projects for our event rental clients. And that has been a great creative outlet for him. And it's been nice to see him have that creative outlet. What do you think my favorite piece of furniture that you guys have is? (laughs) Is this a test? Well, I just wonder if you would even Uh, figure it out. Is it 
something Louisville. Yeah. Is it the Shiplap Mobile Bar? The pink one? Oh, it's the pink one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I love that one. That one's gorgeous. You guys, if you ever have a chance, you should go on their website and go look at the pink mobile bar because I wish it was in my house. I love that bar. I'm very, we're both very particular about what shade of pink are you going to use? Like, it can't oh. be too blush and it can't be too bright, but if it's if it's a true blush, it doesn't really look pink enough, so... There are a lot of decisions going into I would have never even thought of that, but you picked a good color because I like it. Thank you. (laughs) Honestly, it's like, oh, I think that's the color I picked for the Inspire Forum. So I was thinking, and I was trying to, like, think back to how we met, and this is something that I have not brought up because this is what I wanted to talk about. (laughs) Did I I insta-message you? Do you remember? Oh my gosh, I don't even remember. I I remember you coming in for for a styled shoot pre-prep. To choose tableware items. No, but before that, I, don't I came so. in. I came in. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't think you were like five weeks pregnant. No, or, you no. were pregnant. <laughs> I think you had just gone through it. That's it. You yeah. had just gone through your miscarriage. Mm-hmm. I was like barely pregnant, and I remember you asking me. I can't. I how, think you didn't know you were pregnant. Yeah. I think that's what it was. Is you didn't know you were pregnant. <clears throat> At the time, you thought you might have been, yeah. but you weren't sure, and you were waiting. And you had just found out. Like, and I was... And you, well, and you were also, like, telling people openly, and since I had just gone through that, I was thinking, like, oh, like... This, this girl. You're bold. <laughs> this but, girl's bold. Which is fine. Like, if you don't... <laughs> I know, I Like, think, if there's no reason not to, well, like, I had to tell preference. I had but. to tell everyone super early, because <laughs> at the time, I was working at the gym, and I was vomiting my life oh, yeah, that's away. Right. I was, like, constantly throwing up. Constantly. And it was just way too obvious. There was no way I was going to hide it. And instead of having rumors, I would just tell everyone at the gym, like, hey, you guys are actually finding out before my family. For, like, half of them. I'm like, (laughs) I'm pregnant and uh, please don't say anything. But, like, everyone's going to know because, like, it's so obvious. I look like crap and I'm, like, so miserable. (laughs) I don't know. I was just trying to think back to, like, how we met. And I I feel like I either emailed you or, like, Insta messaged you and was like, hey, you look cool. I want to meet you. Okay, I don't remember that. <laughs> okay. But I would have been very flattered if that was the case. I don't think I said those exact words, but I think maybe that's what I was thinking in my head. And then I remember at some point, like way longer down the road, I realized you guys had been in business only like three. Is, are you at three years? We're on the tail end of our third year. Tail which end of, is okay. Hard to believe. But I've known you now then for like a year. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you were just probably completing your second year when we met or somewhere around there. Or okay, wait. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere around yeah. there. I remember thinking like, gosh, this Molly girl, she is such a successful business and she's been in business forever. I had no idea that y'all had like just started and you'd created what you guys had. In two years. Like, I had... Well, thank you. I had no idea. And I remember, like, months later finding out that, like, you guys were only three years old. And I was like, they're only three years old? There's hope. Maybe I could have a successful (laughs) business. Maybe I should be friends with Molly and follow what she does. Well, I'm not kidding. I've never told you this. Well, yeah, now. KJ is like, hey, mom, I'm going to come into your life and make you take a leap of faith. And you're you're going to quit working for someone else and you're going to do this for yourself. But that's how it happens. I mean, that's that's how we started. Like we I was briefly telling you that we I was in production before this. And Lewis was in real estate and law. And we both jumped in both feet like there was no backup plan for us. We just (sighs) knew we wanted to work together. 
But, like, the fear of failure, which you also have to accept failure. Like, if that happens, then that's fine. And Lewis, we balance each other really well because he's more grounded, I would say, than I am. Like, he grounds me. So he would always say, I would say, the investment. Like, what if this happens? What if this happens? And he would ground me and say, what if that happens? Like, we will never know if something good can come of it if you don't try. That's true. And so we've had this great balance between us because I freak out and he brings me back down. But I mean, that's something I do tell a lot of my friends who want to get into entrepreneurship is you just have to go for it. Like if you have a, a solid business plan and you think that it can be successful and you have the tools, there's nothing that should stop you. And like fear is the first thing that will stop you and the last thing that should stop you. Oh, I love that. You should, like, quote yourself on that. Oh, my gosh. If you ever use that, please quote me. (laughs) Molly Sandridge. (laughs) But really, no, that's, like, so true because Ahilis and I in the last episode were talking about, like, how fear can just be so debilitating and it can really prevent you from doing things. You're right. Like, it should be the last thing that prevents you because it – like typically the things that you're fearful are the things that you should go after. Yes, because you're uncomfortable and what produces change is like that uncomfort that you're feeling. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I kind of feel indebted to KJ because I feel like he has made me such a better person and has made me take steps in my life that I would have never taken without him. And it's like so crazy that, well, he doesn't know and he's not going to know for a really long time because he's not going to be able to comprehend it but he's like basically the reason I decided I was like okay I'm gonna forego this constant paycheck and benefits and just I don't know figure it out and I mean there was a change of lifestyle a little bit because we went from double income great income to very inconsistent not sure where it's gonna come from on my end at least and I'm fortunate enough to have Hillis as like a safe place but um to make sure that you know bills get paid and that type of thing but it was absolutely terrifying and now looking back I'm like why didn't I do it sooner (laughs) well and what made you after having KJ like what was the thing that made you decide that you wanted to do that like why did you want to shift um I enjoyed being at home with him and Mm -hmm. I enjoyed having control over my schedule I my entire life I guess honestly I mean college was like an outlier because college was college but you know growing up I never went to school full-time. I went straight from school to the gym, and then I would get home at 8 p.m. I would have enough time to do my homework and eat dinner, Mm -hmm. or sometimes I would eat dinner in the car, and then I would go to sleep. And I I didn't ever just, like, have me time or, like, chill time. And so when I was on my three-month maternity leave, one – it was ironically booking season. Like it all, it all worked out in the way that it should have. Like it was, it was all like everything like lined up. And so it was like, if I don't take the leap now, I'm an idiot. Almost. I felt that's kind of how I felt because this is all lining up. Like this is God's way of telling you, you are going in the right direction, Mm -hmm. go for it. But you know, it was, it was massive booking season. So for those of you that don't know in the event industry, specifically weddings, um, because November and December is a very big uh, engagement time. January is a very big booking season. And so a lot of people are starting to book their vendors and look for who they want to hire for their wedding. And that's exactly what happened. I was at home a couple weeks before I had him and inquiries were flooding in. And then I had him. And four days later, I was on my computer sending emails and talking to people that were interested. 
And the next thing I knew, I had 30 weddings booked for 2018, and I was like, okay, guess I'm going to... Affirmation for you. Guess, I guess this is like God's way of laying it out in plain sight. Go for it. Yeah. And so, I mean, all the stars aligned, so that was definitely helpful. But I think also just knowing what it was like to have control over my own schedule and to not be go, 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 which it's ironic because I feel like my life's still that way, but it's, it's a different way. Like it's a go, go, go that works for me. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. On my own terms and not based on a nine to five business schedule uh, for someone else. Yeah. For me, my personality, that's what works well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that a lot of entrepreneurs probably have that inherent like need to stay busy and need to keep doing things. And I know we're going to get to this, but like being a mother and an entrepreneur, like you're constantly looking for that balance in things. And so for you, that was leaving your nine to five and actually going for something that you at least felt fulfilled doing. Yeah. Even if your busy schedule didn't necessarily lessen, you were at least finding some balance within yourself. And I think that's just as important. Yeah, no, that's like really true and a really good point. I don't even know that I thought of that for sure. Yeah, which I kind of brings up, I guess, one of the first things that we wanted to talk about was just how both of us, I think this is why we've become such good friends, is we've we've helped each other and guided each other and supported each other in being moms and working mm-hmm. moms and entrepreneur moms. And then also just like learning to be confident with the mom that we are, which is something I like drastically struggled with awful for my first what first four months five months of KJ's life I had so many friends that had babies Mm -hmm. and had advice and so many mentors that were moms that were awesome moms that have advice and so when I had him I tried to just do everything that they told Mm -hmm. me and follow every advice and text my friends about every single thing that he did Instead of trusting my mom instincts, which is such a true thing, but I didn't believe that I had those, I right. think, at first. Trusting my my mom instincts and just focusing on him and I, it, was, it wasn't something that I did. I, I just tried to listen to everyone else around me. I had a mother who was an incredible, is an incredible mom and raised five kids, so I listened to a lot of her advice, and not that any of her advice was bad, but what all of that did was inhibit me from listening to my own baby and my own intuition. Mm-hmm. And it it was detrimental, I would say, for like my health and his. And it's so easy to do that because I think when you're becoming a new mother, everyone is so eager to help. Yeah. And they think that they're helping, but they're really just projecting their own situation onto you. And everyone's situation is so so unique and different. So different. Every baby is different. And so it's not a one-size-fits-all when it comes to advice (laughs) for babies. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. And I'm also learning how that, like, applies to life. Mm -hmm. Just as every mom has no similar, like, we're all similar, but we have no same situation. Like, every mom has different dynamics in their life or a different situation. And you what you think works for you you think is the recipe that you just want to like give someone else to give them like the recipe for success as being a mom but the reality is is like your recipe only works for you right and I feel like that's so true in life your recipe that you in the way that you live your life like maybe other certain aspects of it other people can learn from right but the exact recipe that you use only works for you yeah 
And it's like, I don't know, I feel like that that's been like eye opening for me to understand that because I've for so long felt like I've always wanted to project things that I've figured out onto other people. But the reality is, is just because it works for me doesn't know that it like doesn't mean it'll work for someone else. And it probably I mean, I don't know about your situation, but I know for me, it took having a baby to actually realize a lot of that. Yep. And I I would like to think that I wasn't or I was not judgmental at certain points in my life. But looking back on it, I would see like mothers doing things and I would think I'm not going to be that kind of mother. Or oh my I would gosh, yes. That. Yes. And then I had my baby and I realized like, oh my God, I am just trying to get through the day. Like I'm trying to keep her alive. I appreciate all the advice. Like if you're feeding your kid Fruit Loops, like great. I'm glad that's working for you. Like, I had such compassion and empathy towards other mothers and towards the decisions that they were making, which aren't any of... it's. That's not my business in the first place. Yeah. But before, before I had Lucy, I would probably look at those things and think that I knew just because of things that I've read. Or, you know, you kind of have this idea of what being a mom is going to be for you. And it kind of flips you on that. <laughs> and it's nothing like what you imagine nothing. it to be. Nothing. So, but I do feel like that's very important for people to take away is like have compassion for other mothers. And I know you said this in your first podcast, there is no room for mom shaming. No. And that's something that I think is really important. And I've learned myself, like, you do not mom shame. Like, everyone is on their own journey. They're trying the best that they can. They're trying to balance life. I mean, really, we're all, like, we need to be a village for each other. Well, yeah. Especially in a world right now where, especially in our country, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's real, not to bring (laughs) politics into this at all, but the country in general, I feel like, with all of the media and the platforms that we have where everyone can express their concerns and, you know, stances on everything, Mm -hmm. the last thing we need are moms being berated for, I don't know, for an example, eating fruit, giving their kid fruit loops because they're giving their kids sugar and it's processed foods and blah, blah, blah. Like, let her freaking give her kids fruit loops. Like, it's not going to kill them. You know, well, and like maybe you don't want to feed your kid that, but it doesn't mean you're better than ever. You know, like exactly. Well, <laughs> and it's so easy with social media these days to, yeah. to hide behind the screen and yep. you know tell people how you feel, but it's not the right thing to do all right. the time. Right. Yeah. No, for sure. But it's it's funny because you were talking about your situation about how you had a lot of people giving you advice, and I kind of had the opposite situation because mm. I didn't have family here and. Lewis's mom lives in Dallas, and so she came in for a little while, but we really, I want to say, kind of put up a barrier to the world when Lucy got here, just because I know I would, like, I knew I would get anxiety if I had a bunch of people coming into my home and, like, trying to tell me things, which, that is someone trying to be helpful in their mind, but to me, I knew I wouldn't react well to it. Right. So we put up a barrier, and we figured things out ourselves we youtubed and like I would call friends if I needed that extra yeah piece of wisdom and I think that really like made the experience more peaceful at the beginning I'm sure (laughs) I'm so sure and we knew we did we had no idea what we were doing but the good thing is with all of the resources out there it's like yeah. It's modern time. Google like, University. You'll be fine. <laughs> oh, so say, I feel just like, Google it. You'll figure it yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like that really did help with my emotional state too. 
And granted, like, I needed my tribe. Like, I needed the women in my life. My neighbors were super helpful. Like, my friends yeah. were super helpful. But I I guess I put up boundaries so that, like, if I needed something, I would reach out to them. And I didn't necessarily, like, leave room for anything to come in, mm. which I thought was really helpful. But I guess that's just kind of, like, a different a different experience that... Yeah, that's I really had. interesting. I mean, it goes so, like, you talking like that, like, like I know would have killed me at the time of being, like, telling people, no, don't come. Yeah. It would have been so hard for my personality. Now, going into, like, you know, possibly having another kid, I don't know when and how that will happen or whatever, but, I mean, I know how it will happen, but, like, <laughs> you know, Time timing and everything, <laughs> but I, I think, like, it will be very different. And I will listen a lot more to myself and and to the dynamics of my family rather than to others. And I'm not hating on the others, but it just, it clouded my judgment for sure. Well, and it's also like your situation is different because your family is local. All of our family is local. I I can imagine if I did have family in the area, it would have been so hard to say, hey, give us a couple weeks. Yeah. You know, only come by at this time. I think that would have been really hard. So I guess in a way I had an an advantage at the time by not having family in the area. But now I'm kind of feeling the effects of not having family as a support system in the Mm. area. So pros and cons to both situations. Yeah. I will say like the one thing (laughs) that like was my saving grace, and I have to give a shout out to my mother for this, is that she met us at our house when we came home from the hospital with have gone grocery shopping at HEB, filled our refrigerator with everything that we needed, cooked, I don't remember what she cooked, chicken noodle soup maybe? I don't know, she cooked something and had us food for that day and, you know, made sure we were all taken care of. Because the one thing that I was so not prepared for was taking care of myself post-delivery. I had everything set up for KJ, but nothing set up for me. And so I was like, so shocked. Well, so shocked by that. People can tell you this is what it will be like, but until you experience that, <laughs> no matter what kind of birth you have, you just won't understand. No, and I remember you won't be prepared for it. I remember us talking about like we were deciding whether or not to go natural or like what mm-hmm. we were gonna do and like, like all of like we have that choice. Yeah, like as if <laughs> as if we like totally have control over that, right. and it's. You know, I now I even joke. I'm like, oh, I'm going to walk into the hospital, like, with my back already uh, sanitized, telling them to give me the epidural, right? Like, give me the epidural now because I was trying, you know, to not have it the first time. But reality is, like, I might have a C-section next time. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, to try to even remotely plan for that is a joke. Yes. Especially because I'm not even pregnant right now to, like, even, like, <laughs> know how it's going or how, like, it's just so crazy that you think that you have control over that. Oh, yeah. And it's just a completely, I think I went into birth thinking... Well, I watched a lot of live births. I know. I, I like, live I studied birth, them. Live birth YouTube, you got me into this. Yeah, birth tube. Oh, if, birth tube. That's if you're wanting to see, if you're a woman and you're wanting to see the birth experience, there is your education right there. Yeah, those um, are really incredible, it's actually, very live, raw footage. Yeah, it's founded yeah. by someone in the event industry named Paige. Really? Sorry, Paige, I don't remember your last name, but she, yeah, she, I and that. I think she worked with blue sparrow ovens for a while and then now she started birth tube but I watched that and I thought I can do this like I don't I'm not gonna get an epidural I'm not gonna have any sort of intervention 
baby's going to be fine. This like birth is going to be a piece of cake. I have a high tolerance for pain. It's all looking up for me. Yeah. And then Lucy, Lucia is her formal name. And then we call her Lucy, but so cute. She was a very chill baby and I was in labor and delivery multiple times to get her checked on because you know you're you're supposed to be feeling your baby and there were there would be like a full day and I just wouldn't feel anything and I would drink oh it's so scary yeah I would drink orange juice and like I just wouldn't feel anything and I think also from having had a miscarriage I was like extra on extra high alert of like something going wrong and so I would go into labor and delivery and they would tell me, your baby's fine. Like, you just have a really chill baby and you should be. <laughs> and she is. She's Yeah, so chill. she is really chill. And they were like, she'll probably be like this outside of the womb too. So, yay. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, but I can't go home. And like, like there's no physical, like if she's not moving every once in a while, I think something's wrong. And so then I'd go back and it became like this pattern. So I went to the OB and the OB took my blood pressure. And my blood pressure was a little high. I got excited and I was like, maybe they'll admit me (laughs) because I just needed the anxiety of like not knowing Knowing. her state to be over. And I was 39 weeks at this point, plus some. So it's like she was fully cooked. We were good to go. Yeah. And so the OB was like, we're just going to watch your blood pressure. Come back tomorrow. If it's high tomorrow, I'm going to go ahead and induce you. And I think the OB was gauging that I just wanted to be induced. But I didn't want to admit that to anyone because I had these high hopes of, like, having a natural birth. And, like, you know, once you start induction, like, the process from there is kind of downhill for most people. I guess probably not everyone, but for me it definitely was. So I got admitted, started Pitocin labored without an epidural for eight hours on Pitocin contractions, which eventually they told me that they were like, we have to up your Pitocin. And like, I felt like my body was going to split in two. I mean, I couldn't. And I grabbed the nurse's arm and I was like, I cannot, like, do not up my Pitocin. And so they were like, the only other option is we give you an epidural and then, and then we up it. So they gave me an epidural, and then at that point, with the epidural and them turning Pitocin back on, Lucy wasn't reacting well, and so then it went into emergency C-section time. So basically, my birth experience was nothing how I had envisioned. Yeah. And that's very much like life as well. Yeah, no. (laughs) I think that's like the, the humbling thing that kids teach you or... All of the things that in your younger years that you knew you or you thought you had control over very quickly teach you that, like, you just thought you had control. You really didn't. Things typically worked in your favor, but the reality is, is that, like, kids just teach you, you have no control. You have no control, and things are constantly changing. Changing. And I know we're getting onto the topic of just, like, a balanced life, and I was thinking about this last night and it's like there is never like an achieve an achieved state of balance like things are constantly changing and I feel like that's almost the beauty of babies also like they really help you grow because you're never going to have like a complacency is that yeah you're not stagnant and every day is different yeah exactly and you're like, if you feel like you've achieved balance, and I was thinking this with our situation, Lewis and I's situation, we might get to a point where we feel like we've achieved balance and then bam, Lucy's going to be needing something different or in a different stage. And so you're never really in that 
state of balance for long. Yeah. But it's almost beautiful because you're constantly having to check in with yourself and grow and self-discover. You're having to learn about your child and you're having to learn, you know, evaluate your marriage and like really just check in with your people. Yeah. To like try to keep that balance going. No, that's so true. It it teaches you if there's one thing that I've learned since KJ's been born is that like to to be content with change and and to expect it. And I've always said I'm oh, I'm good with change and I re- realized <laughs> I was like so not good with change at yeah. all. But that it changes what's what's beautiful about life, I think is if we if we kept doing the same thing every single day, or we didn't challenge ourselves or have to learn new things, that it would just be so boring it would and be so boring. stagnant. <laughs> so, and I think important the important thing too is that kids aren't the only thing that can bring that. True. Yeah. And I think they they don't give you a choice. Right. They make you do that. Whereas, like for those that aren't parents yet or don't ever want to be something that you should just be aware of is that it's easy to choose to not change and it's easy to become Mm -hmm. stagnant and to live every day habitually and to make it a point to like say to yourself like how can I make this day different or like how can I change what I'm doing in my life or how can I add a variation to it if there's not a child there basically forcing you to do it um because I think that I think that change is what makes you a better person. Yeah. And I mean, to that point, that's really important for people to realize that it is, it's not just kids that can bring that to you. But as individuals, we owe it to ourselves to check in with ourselves yep. and to check in with the people around us and just make sure that everyone is doing okay and everyone is feeling, you know, at least you're... I say everyone, like you do not have, you're, you're not responsible for the emotions of like your next door neighbor, but (laughs) but people, your people, your tribe, your bubble. Yeah. Whoever that is. Um, but yeah, just making sure that like you're just doing the best you can for yourself and for others, I think is really important. For sure. For sure. So to kind of talk about a little bit more about being confident as a mom, I know we talked about how. I I guess how I struggled with it at first, but like what you and I have both done to change just because we've, we've had such different journeys. Mm -hmm. I've learned that I have to ignore a lot of things, not necessarily ignore, but just take it in and let it go instead of manifesting with it or on it. It's been easier more often than you do it. And that's what I've, I've learned, but comparison is hard. Comparison is so hard. Like you look at any other mom and how they do things or any other couple, even like parents or just just how someone's relationship is and you want to compare and like say, well, am I doing that or am I not doing that or is my husband as good as that husband or whatever and trying to get past that comparison. And I, I think like the quote that I say to myself all the time reminds me that what's great for someone else isn't always best for me mm-hmm. is great for them, not for me. I don't know. Are there other things that you do that that prevent you? I don't know. I feel like you're just so good at just like doing you. And uh, so... I would have to say that I used to not be so good. At, like I've always, I've always been the kind of person that if there's something that like I aspire to do, I'm going to do it, and I'm mm-hmm. not really going to care what people think. But there's, I think, with any human being, there's like, there is that little voice inside of you, like, oh, what are people going to think about this? Especially with like social media and all these people yes. that are like in your life but not really in your life. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And so for me, especially with motherhood. 
I have to admit that like Lewis, my husband, has been a huge rock for me mm-hmm. um, to like get rid of the other voices. And there will be things that I do. And like if I do feel a little insecure about it or I'm like, you know, is this the right decision? He's like, if this is the decision that you're making and it's right for you and it's right for your family, it does not matter what anyone else thinks. Yep. And he reminds me of that often. And I think it's starting to become so ingrained like in my mentality yeah. that I really do like not to sound insensitive, but like I just don't give enough what people think anymore. Yeah, no. <laughs> with motherhood and with business, I feel it can like... Be, it can like prevent you. It's like the fear thing, right? Yeah. It can almost prevent you from doing stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And like I'm to a point where I know that like my family is working as hard as they possibly can to like create the life that we envision for ourselves and that doesn't look like the life that my next door neighbor has and that doesn't look like the life that like my good friends have and therefore no one has a right to come in and tell me like you should be doing it this way or that way or that was actually not the right decision like people don't have a right to say that to you and you don't have the right to say that to To someone else like everyone's situation is so very unique and beautiful and it's their own journey like let them journey their journey (laughs) yeah you know without interfering and it's hard to do that like it's natural for us as humans and I definitely get caught up where I'm like tell Lewis like I feel like this person like that might not be the right decision and he's like let them make their own decisions it's either going to be a good one or a bad one it'll go either way but that's their lesson to learn it is not your lesson like even though you're trying to help like it's not your lesson to learn and so I feel like with motherhood I've just kind of adopted that mentality that Lewis has drilled into me yeah it's so funny because I also feel like as humans it's you want so bad to help other people succeed yeah and you want to prevent them from failing Mm -hmm. because out of your own life lessons but I know for myself and my personality, the best way that I learn is by failure or life lessons or whatever you want to call failure. Unfortunately, that's how we learn the best. And so it's, it's letting go and letting people, you know, it's hard to watch people experience crappy things or whatever, but letting them do it because you know that it's going to make them a better person. And there's sometimes, I mean, sometimes you can save them, but a lot of the time you just kind of have to be there to support instead. Well, and it's very much like raising kids like yeah. you have to let your well and I'm saying this I do not have a full-grown child <laughs> or a full-grown, so I'm like this is kind of what I think thus far your experience yeah. <laughs> I hear this is what you do but <laughs> um it's like you want to let your kids experience things and learn their own lessons and if you're that parent that saves them from everything they'll get out into the real world and fall a little harder That's what I hear. (laughs) No, no. Um, But it's very much like that really doesn't change, you know, as we get older. Like we still have to let the people around us experience things. And you can tell them all day, like, I really don't think that's the right decision for you. But that's also almost like an insult to their own self-awareness. Yeah. And so you have to just respect them and like their boundary and like okay well that's the decision you're making for yourself so I'm your friend and I'm gonna support Support you you. Mm -hmm. respect and then support right Ooh, I like that I like that a lot you're coming off with some good quotes thank you you (laughs) go girl if you want to buy my calendar of quotes (laughs) (laughs) 
calendar quotes instead of a calendar. It has babies, Kat's calendar. and quotes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Molly's annual calendar. Yeah. That's hilarious. Something else I wanted to talk to you about is life balance. So I know currently in your life, you're trying to kind of figure that out with work-life balance and mom balance and mm-hmm. all of that. And I think it kind of goes along with what we've already talked about is just accepting change and adapting constantly. And, you know, right now in your life, like maybe stepping back is a little bit of what's necessary for the time being, but that's not to say in a year and a half, you know, when Lucy is growing up and a little bit bigger, like that you're going to be like, okay, she needs to start mom's day out two days a week or three days a week or whatever. And I want to get back into more hands-on in the business right? and trying to find that balance that I feel like is ever so changing. Yes. It's like you're always reaching for it. Well, yeah. a little bit about our backstory. So we started 10th on our honeymoon. So 10th collection has been our life. Yeah. And we've accepted that and we love it. And that's something that, you know, we've built together and it's been, we've accomplished this business together. Um, and recently we've noticed like, we're a little stressed out towards each other and we're bickering with each other about the business. Like if the business wasn't involved, we would like, we have a very healthy relationship. And so like when we start getting like these little bickering matches, it just doesn't feel normal for us. Mm -hmm. Like it feels very like, okay, something is off balance. And luckily I feel like I'm a pretty good communicator and Lewis is an excellent communicator. And so we do not shy away from like tackling those issues head on. So we did have a come to Jesus moment, if you will, where we were talking about how we're getting to the point where although we love working together, we're like stepping on each other's toes and we Mm -hmm. both have very different ways of handling things. Um, I am very type A when it comes to the business and perfection needs to be achieved. And I have trouble letting things go. If I think, if I think that a one of our crew members is going to be like 10 minutes late. It's like a huge deal to me. If I, and I was telling you this story, like if I see a picture and a pillow is crooked, I have like an unreasonable response to that. And that doesn't matter. Like that's, it's going to be okay. Like someone will fix the pillow or they're not going to notice the pillow. But for me being detail oriented to the point where it was almost debilitating. Yeah was an issue I had. And for Lewis, he is very much like the grounded one in the relationship. And so he did not have, he's just good at like letting things go. And like, we just did the best we could, like everything's fine. Like the event's going to be perfect. And, you know, he just has such a better outlook on those things. And so we would get in these little arguments about the stupidest stuff that was 10th collection related and we finally just had a discussion with each other and realized that there were things in our lives that were being ignored. Like our home, like I've always desired like such a, I want to say like a traditional comfortable home where you have cookies baking in the oven and it's like picture perfect family that you see in movies. Like I know that that's <laughs> not always the reality, <laughs> but it's something I never had growing up. And like mm. I had a very busy mother and like I remember wanting her attention and she was constantly like you know not that she didn't give us attention but she was constantly like trying to get to the next thing or there were papers scattered everywhere and 
I don't want that for Lucy. And I felt like so much of my attention was going towards 10th collection that I was losing focus of like the domestic part of the life that I craved. And so we have recently come to the decision that I would take a few steps back from the business and still still be involved with the things I like, like the creative and the styling yeah. and the sourcing yeah. and the bigger clients that like I want to really be hands-on with. But Lewis would take over more of the day-to-day operation. And even just like making that verbal commitment to each other that that's how it would be, there's been so much stress lifted. That's awesome. And I think it's because we don't feel the pressure that we've been putting on ourselves anymore. Yep. And it's like, I'm anticipating this change. And I'm like, I can take a breather. Like, I'm not feeling like if I don't answer this email that just came in in five minutes, the world is going to end. Which, that's just my mentality from my background is production and yeah. production management. And I've had to be, you have to be type A with that. Right. You, you don't get a second chance. Out. Yeah. <laughs> So I took that to our little company. Yeah. <laughs> it was really intense. <laughs> and it's like, okay, deep breath. Yeah. It's, it's all like, going to be okay. It's going to be okay. <laughs> it's a pillow. But for me, it was like the end of the world. So we realized that that was not healthy. And right. that I had to shift my focus on what is important yep. to me at this time, which is building a good home for my daughter and also for... I am for anyone that doesn't know me, which is everyone, the thousands of listeners out there. Um, we, One day. yeah, a lot of our business has like comes into our home. Like we get shipments of furniture into our home because that's just where we are most of the time. So it's just easier for us to do that. So our home from the time we've gotten married has also been like a second office. So there's mm. been no separation of this is home, put work down, this is work. And so it's just been very muddled for for three years. And so we're finally at that point where we're like, okay, Lucy's about to start crawling. She's going to be all over the place soon. We need to create like a home a home, and like a comfortable environment for her to have good memories and for us to be comfortable. And, you know, like if you spend time on yourself and you're able to thrive, not only will your family thrive, but your business will thrive Ugh, too. So because true. it's all, like, it all stems from you. So you have to be balanced. So we're working on that. That's And that's what I've learned in our relationship too, is that if I was not at a place where I was taking care mm-hmm. of myself and content and happy, the entire functioning of, of this house was just... Oh, yeah. It, it just wasn't working. And I, you know, I talk about when your cup is full, you can give to others. But like in a relationship, one of you, I feel like almost always has to have their cup full. And then they have to, you're filling each other's cup constantly. Mm -hmm. And when you're both running on E, it's like a recipe for disaster. (laughs) And it makes it really tough. And it can make day-to-day life operations really, really hard. Yeah. And one thing that I think Hillis and I brought in that has helped us tremendously because he's a phenomenal communicator. I thought I was a phenomenal communicator (laughs) until I self-evaluated and took a step back and realized I've done a really bad job and I do a lot of uh, uh, passive-aggressive things. We came up with this concept. It was actually on our family vacation this summer. And we, uh, it was me and my brother and his wife and me and Hillis, and we were all in the same room together with our children staying um, in a hotel, 
and I thought this vacation is going to be really an epic disaster if we all aren't on the same page and happy. Mm-hmm. And so we started asking each other on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you? Or how, how good do you feel? Or you, you know, whatever. And we'd all start throwing out our numbers. And then from there we would figure out what we needed to do as a group to get everyone's number like up to a 10. And we were kind of joking about it, and that lasted, like, through the vacation. But then when we got home, Hillis and I kept doing it with each other. That's so cool. And I really like that. Yeah, we realized, because you can elaborate and say, my number's a 10 because, or my number's a 5 because, or you can just say, I'm at a 10 right now, or I'm, you can just say, you know what, I'm at a 3, and I just, like, I need some time. Right. And the other person can go, oh, okay, like, really low on the the scale there. I'm going to take a step back, or, like, maybe I need to pick it up and, like, try to clean the house, or, like, maybe I need to take the baby out for a walk or, like, get away for a second or whatever to, like, let you have some time to, like, revamp yourself. And it's been freaking awesome, like, a way for us to communicate with each other without having to say a ton of stuff. Um, and without taking it personal. Yeah. So it's like, okay, why aren't you at a 10? Um, well, I'm really tired right now. Okay, well, what can I do to help you? Or, you know, and vice versa, like we would do that with each other. And it's been that one thing that we've done that really helped both of us kind of balance each other and help balance the whole entire life and home aspect and family aspect. Well, and that just creates like a neutral environment to basically talk about your feelings and... yes. Without it being personal. Yeah, and your partner can take it upon themselves to say, okay, like, it's a challenge. Like, how do I get her to a 10? Yeah, or, and, or like, even based on categories. So, like, for you guys, you could even do, how are you feeling about 10th right now? Right. Instead of, like, incorporating home life. Like, yeah. Okay, so your 10th is at a 5, but at home, are you a 10? Right. Okay, so the problem is just with the company. Right. And you can ask, like, just based on our, like, Hills will say, on a scale of one to, like, 1 to 10, are you hungry? And, like, then we can figure out, like, yeah. how quickly we need to get food because I get hangry really quickly. <laughs> and so, like, that's his thing. He's, like, instead of saying, do you need food? And if I'm already hangry, I'm going to, like, yes, I need food. Instead, <laughs> I can be, like, I'm at a three and it's going fast. It's dropping fast. <laughs> yeah. And he's, like, okay, got it. We're going. Yes, we're driving we're through somewhere right, right now. now. <laughs> so that's it's a been, good strategy. Yeah. It's been, like, freaking awesome. Um, but Even all of, people doing that for, like, if you don't have a partner – yeah. Just doing that with yourself Self. and just saying like, okay, where like self-evaluation is so important. And it's I feel so like important. I feel like our generation is actually pretty good at self-evaluating. Yes. But more people need to catch up. <laughs> I feel like there are a lot of people that self-evaluation is not part of like their routine. And yes. I have to say, like, out of everything in my life, like that's been so important for me, just mm-hmm. becoming like a productive member of society and like a mom and a wife and who I, you know, like everything about me has been like adjusting through series of self-evaluation steps. Yeah. In my personal life with, with people that I interact with, there are people that I've now knowing and seeing myself self-evaluate, self, self self-evaluate. I've realized where my relationship struggled Mm -hmm. with other people who maybe don't do it as much or as often and I I understand now why our relationships struggle because it's hard to see eye to eye with someone who maybe doesn't look at themselves and say, hey, I could have done better on that. Right. Or I could have, you know, handled that situation different. Or, hey, I actually handled that situation well. I should do that again. Right. Uh, whatever the, the case may be. And, yeah, self, self-evaluating. I think, honestly, I feel like that's why you and I have gotten so close mm-hmm. because we just so happen to have, like, really 
connected on that. Yes. I feel like. And on, yeah, self-improvement and, like, yes. we're both experiencing big life changes at the same time. True. Which typically, I feel like, goes hand in hand with, like, self-improvement. Yes. When yes. you're like, okay, things aren't <laughs> now working. What? Now, now what? Now what do I need to do? <laughs> For sure. For sure. I think overall, like, the biggest thing that you've taught me is to just really be confident within myself and as a mom and oh my god here I am gonna get emotional god why do I always get emotional with you (laughs) you bring out you bring out the best in me I hope you know that like you always uh you always y'all Molly is Molly is the gal that like when I'm wanting to quit and give up on something she's like let me just tell you like this is what happened to me and this is what can happen and here's a little bit of advice. Take it for what it is. And then I'm like two days later, you are so right and like <laughs> listen to how awesome this is. Well, and also like when when you started going through like your journeys with your business and like this podcast, you didn't celebrate yourself. And like I feel like that's something that is impor- just as important for all of us to like give ourselves affirmation and as well as our yes. friends, and yes. you deserve to celebrate, like, the good things that are happening in your life. And we all do. Yeah, we all do. Absolutely. Yeah, you're really good about that. You're, like, really good about that, and I appreciate that for sure. Well, I appreciate you. And yeah. I, I feel like it was also serendipitous that we met at such, <laughs> you know, we had such parallels in our lives with being pregnant at the same time, and KJ yeah. is one month older than Lucy. Yep, and yep. We're in the event industry together, and we've really just, you know... Both of our husbands went to law school, so yeah, we have to deal with that. Yeah, both of our husbands went to law school, and they, they like each other, and they're friends, and we live 10 minutes away from each other. It's really working out for us, but... It really is. Yeah, really I just is. feel like, um, especially, I don't have, as I mentioned, like, I don't have family in the area, and so my friends are my family, and yep. so... I appreciate you saying I've been a big support system for you, but you have also been a huge support system (laughs) for me. I hope so. So this podcast was starting to kind of like document my transition and and this this monumental change that happened in my life this summer. And one thing I've noticed is the people that I've like asked to be guest on are just genuine people that have supported me through the good and the bad and the ugly and the pretty and that's you. So, Thank you. yeah, I appreciate I you. you. <laughs> I love you too. Uh, so, y'all, I think that kind of wraps up the episode. You know, just really wanted to share our journey and how we've we've come together and helped each other be the best person that we can each be. And you know, we just want other people to do that for them, for themselves, and for the people in their lives, and to spread the joy and the the confidence and the goodness to other people instead of all of the other crap that goes on in this. Yes, and support. This, yeah, support, support your people. Support yourself. Support your people. Mm-hmm. Support your family and and love and, and have joy doing it all. Life's too short. Yes. For sure. All right. Bye, y'all. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Loving This Life podcast. It is because of people like you tuning in each episode that Loving This Life has a purpose. If you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. This is how we spread the love and reach more amazing people like you. I also want to say a special thank you to Ella Reed. She so graciously shared her empowering and uplifting song, Walk On, for us to use on the podcast. 
And lastly, remember to wake up each day being confident with who you are, but also love yourself enough to change for the better. Peace, y'all.